Welcome back to the Policy Viz Podcast. I'm your host, John Schwabish. Um, summer is sort of in full bloom here in D.C., um, although it's great today, but um, I'm here uh, happy on a great day because I'm here with Shomik Sarkar from the Democrat National Committee. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I got to say before we get started, yeah. I love the little jingle at the beginning <laughs> of your podcast. It is very good. I have I have at times rewinded it. So <laughs> just listen to it on the jingle. Just, oh, it's a very good jingle. All right. Well, um, well so thanks to uh, Poddington Bear for the uh, for the music. So oh, there you go. There you go. Got tip. You just got to yeah, you just got to you got to get out there and find the right person at the right Yeah, time. it's very good. Um, well, thanks. So what was your title when you were working with the Clinton campaign? You were working on the Clinton campaign for a while, yep. and now you're at the DNC. Yep. So what, what was your title there and, and now here? So I'm a data scientist at the DNC, mm-hmm. and then I was kind of on loan after the primaries ended to the, to the Clinton campaign to run the reporting team there. So my okay. title was director of reporting. Oh, okay. And how long were you with the campaign? I was right after the primaries ended right. is when I started. All so May, June. Okay. June. All the way through the end. Of the um, all the way through the end. Okay. Yeah. All right. Great. I'm personally very curious, and I'm sure many readers are curious to hear about how data viz and data generally was sort of part of the campaign. Um, what you were trying to process, the data you were using, how you assessed the quality and made the visualizations and passed them off to people who were, you know, presumably making important decisions about how to run the campaign. So, I'm just going to throw it out there, yeah, and we can just talk about it and, and just spend a few minutes talking about the, the whole um, process that you went through. Sure. So I would say that um, overall, it was a pretty integral part of the campaign. Most of the analyses and reports that were published um, were based out of our Tableau server. So we have a Tableau server that's housed at the Democratic Party um, that serves the needs of all of our constituents including campaigns and committees that we work with. So that includes the DCCC, the Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee, the DS, the Senatorial Campaign Committee, um, as well as the presidential campaigns. So when I was still at the DNC before uh, uh, the primaries ended, I was working with both presidentials. Um, okay. And then after the primaries ended, I kind of uh, moved up moved up to Brooklyn and, and started the team there. Right. Um, and I would say that my team's goal was to better integrate the analytics functionality with uh, what was going on on the ground and specifically around uh, field data. Okay. Um, so that was not only tracking uh, what was happening on the ground. So who are we talking to? Uh, what are we saying to them? Are we allocating resources properly? But also figuring out how to layer analytics on top of that to see if you know, we were meeting certain benchmarks, if uh, those processes were optimized uh, mm-hmm. properly. You know, it was it was both interactive reports that mm-hmm. uh, senior staff used and then static reports that came out or a Tableau server that were kind of set, so, set around. So give us a sense of how the data, what the data were being collected and then and then what you were trying to get out of it. So I'm, I'm imagining field workers going out and talking to voters yep. and collecting all their information yep. about well, what are they asking about? Yeah, so there is a, kind of a CRM that sits on top of our database that's okay. called that's based in uh, NGP Van, and uh, they house all all kinds of field data. Um, every time an organizer goes out and knocks doors, or mm-hmm. makes calls, or does volunteer building, it's all logged there. Okay. So then, part of my team's responsibility was organizing all of this data on the back end. Um, setting up database infrastructure to 
uh, easily digest uh, all of this information and to optimize it for use in, in these data visualizations. In mm -hmm. our case, it was it was Tableau. And what was, sorry, I just want to ask, what was the process before you came in and started working to revamp that structure? Before my team was there, it was, uh, you know, the Tableau server was being used. I was kind of working more in a consulting role and working with uh, the various analysts that were building reports and disseminating best practices and going through and, and giving advice on how to build these visualizations. Yeah. Um, and then part of what I did when I got there was consolidate both the back end, right. um, you know, setting up these pipelines to make this, uh, to make it less ad hoc when okay. we're doing analyses and um, to put in place a system of, you know, a series of visualizations that would be kind of the standard right. and that state leadership could use, that leadership and headquarters could use to make decisions. Gotcha. And, and most of that was around field data. Um, what were our organizers doing on the ground? Okay, so sort of so automating it and making it quick. Yes, yeah. and and automating it was definitely a you know uh, part of what I did when I got there was to make sure that we weren't using um, Excel and PowerPoint mm. and moving over to Tableau for a lot of these reports. I think because it would save time down the road. Uh, you know, things move pretty quickly towards right. the end of the campaign, <laughs> so um, you know we wanted to make sure that things were set up so that we could produce reports more quickly mm -hmm. and uh, taking out that human layer where there's kind of room for error. If you're manually putting in numbers into PowerPoint or, or Excel, then, yeah. then it could cause some, yeah, some problems. Um, yeah. So, so it definitely required some legwork up front, mm -hmm. but it was, you know, when we were producing 10, 12 reports a day, it was really, it was right. important that that, infrastructure was in place. So can you tell us a little bit about the makeup of the team, how many people were, were on there and, and sort of the backgrounds of those people? And then how did you get management to buy into how important data visualization is to the campaign? Yeah. So uh, the, the team that I was working with, um, you know, they came from a variety of backgrounds. The way I look at it is there was backend folks and more front, front yeah. end folks. And um, part of the process was setting up the pipelines. In this case, we use HP Vertica as our database. So it's all SQL-based, um, a little bit of Python for, for scripting. Um, and setting up those, those pipelines to pull in the data from digital and from field and financial data, and you know, uh, which are housed in, you know, disparate systems, but for the purpose of reporting, you want them all in one place. Right. Um, so setting that up required, uh, you know, SQL engineering, data engineering type of skills. And then uh, the, on the other side of things is producing the visualizations based on that data, mm -hmm. um, which for our sake was, was all in Tableau. Right. Um, partially because, you know, I have a little bit of background in, in D3 and, and uh, JavaScript high charts, things like that. But uh, Tableau is, uh, I would say, the the easiest to iterate on quickly. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, the, and the, the producer of the report doesn't necessarily need to be able to code, um, sure. which was, which is important in, yeah. in this type of setting. Right. Um, by the end of the campaign, we had uh, I was just looking at these numbers today, actually. We had uh, 3,000 users on our Tableau server. Oh, wow. Um, so every organizer could log in right. and, and 
anywhere in the country, in any of the local office, they can log in. Yes, yeah, yeah. Every every single organizer, um, state staff, staff at headquarters. Right. And then I think uh, I checked that we had 2,000 visualizations that were were on the server by the end of the campaign. Right. And were you providing... Uh, were you also providing training and support for the local offices to help people like learn how to use some of the parts of Tableau or how to maybe make the dashboard that you made, but for their yep. individual things? Absolutely. So uh, my team was re- responsible for all of the trainings, both in understanding this data and on the how to build a visualization yeah. of things. So, you know, w- with an organization this large and that scales up so quickly, Part of what we had to do was make sure that everybody was pulling numbers the same way. Mm-hmm. So um, uh, we had a series of base tables that my team built. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, had all of the key metrics that we identified that I've worked, I worked with leadership to to pull together and have that set up in a way that's really easy to kind of pull those numbers out mm-hmm. and to build visualizations on top of as right. as I say, Tableau likes things longer rather than wider, as you know. Um, So setting things up in uh, that way so that, you know, the data staff in Pennsylvania could go in and pull that uh, quickly. Right. So um, now let's talk, can you talk a little bit about um, the management side? So as we know, it takes management to buy into something. So how did you you manage that? What sort of things were you giving them? You know, we we talked, we met a few weeks ago, we talked about this sort of, I don't know, this tension in some ways of interactive versus static. Yes. So how do, you, how do you think about that and, and work that whole workflow? So one of the things that I, I think I realized pretty quickly was that data visualization allows non-technical end users to really feel like they own the data or are, uh, you know, really get in the weeds um, with data that they otherwise would not have been able to do. I think that, you know, when we first, when I first set up some of these interactive reports, I had uh, pretty strong positive feedback from, you know, I worked really closely with uh, the national field organizer and, and the field teams at headquarters. And they, be, just being able to dig into these numbers mm-hmm. without having to write code uh, was pretty powerful. Yeah. And, you know, they, they wanted more, which was, which was good, but it needed <laughs> more work for me. More work, right. um, <laughs> But obviously, you know, there is that tension, as you mentioned, between interactive yeah. reports and static reports. And, you know, there was, we were sending slides to Hillary herself. Obviously, she was not logging into our Tableau server, unfortunately. Um, that would so, have been a visualization you would have had to save. That yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but part of what I wanted to do was set up a system where even a static report that looks like a traditional PowerPoint could be built in Tableau and you know, by the end of the campaign, you could pretty much just push a button and produce the same report every day. Mm-hmm. Um, setting that up in the early side of things yeah. made things a lot easier down the road. So, so that means that you have sort of, in my mind, you have Hillary at the top as the as the candidate, or yeah, whatever the candidate would be. Yeah, 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 and then you have a, you have a couple people who are just below her that are sort of the senior staff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, are the those senior staff level people are they the ones that that did they sort of go into the Tableau server and make something? you know, quickly and able to push that out or does it go further? Does it need to go further down the chain? Yeah. yeah. So they weren't making reports, okay. but um, members of the senior staff were logging into our, okay. uh, so I worked really closely with our um, uh, national field director mm-hmm. or, you know, she was logging into our Tableau server regularly. Right. So there were definitely members of the senior staff that were 
that we're using the interactive features okay. of, of okay. our visualizations. Right. And we're, they were designed with that in mind. Gotcha. Um, but then there were, you know, the campaign manager and Hillary herself and some of her closest advisors were not necessarily logging sure. in every day. Sure. And we were we were making sure to, uh, you know, we were sending them decks regularly. Yeah. Um, and they were made in Tableau, but they were kind of static. Okay, and so for uh, the folks who are listening who are yeah. you know, the hardcore Tableau, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, what sort of, I just sort of want to get a sense of like specifically, were you creating, uh, were you doing story points? Were you using Tableau like single dashboards, separate worksheets? Like, I, I, they're probably, um, well, maybe just a few, like yeah, hardcore yeah, Tableau. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure they're curious about like, how do I build this same sort of ecosystem where I build this thing and save it out as a static? PNG or PDF. So can you talk just a little bit about the, the sort of nuts and bolts? Yeah, of yeah. So it was usually it was a single dashboard with multiple worksheets. Okay. And yeah. um, you know there was oftentimes multiple data sources, and each of the worksheets would have a separate data source that it linked to. Okay. Um, and you know it, it didn't require oftentimes a lot of legwork, as I mentioned before, on the data engineering end to join things up in a yeah. way that that made it easy to build this visualization. Right. Um, but yeah, usually it was, you know, I'd set it up so it would look like a landscape page. page yeah. yeah. And, and then, then save that out. Yeah. And then yeah. save that out. And then, you know, we would, it, they would automatically refresh. So gotcha. we would, we would set an extract that ran every day at right. 6 a.m. And then, you know, at 9 a.m. we would email it out to, gotcha. to, the, to the people. That okay. it. Um, can we talk a little bit about the data quality? Well, let me first talk about, ask you about qualitative data. Yeah. Um, I've been getting a lot of questions about this lately. So I'm curious, I would, I expect that there's a lot of qualitative data coming in from the from the field reps talking to people about their positions and views. Were you getting a lot of qualitative data, and if so, how did you how did you end up visualizing that or, or getting that you know moved up the chain? Yeah, so less so from field, I would say, mm-hmm. um, in terms of qualitative data. But we did track our digital uh, assets in our texting program, and yeah. a lot of that is is purely qualitative yeah. data. So not my team, but there were folks on the campaign that did more kind of natural language processing type of work and would be able to be able to identify frequencies of certain topics that were being okay. discussed. And we would report on, on that. On the frequencies of those On the frequencies topics. of, yeah, the different okay. topics. Or if we were getting texts, you know, our texting program, we were tracking what people were texting back. Yeah. In there, we, we wanted to see what, you know, what were people, what were people responding? What, what was the sentiment around right. that? Okay. Um, can I also? I want to also ask about the data quality issues because we yeah, know, so yeah, yeah, not just yeah, yeah. we look back and the polls. Well, you sort of see lots of coverage now. It's like, well, the polls were really bad, but also they weren't really bad. So, how did you? And I don't want to. I, we don't really need to rehash whether the polls were good or not. But when you got the data in, what was the work like to assess the quality? Because I would guess a lot of times it's just like, well, here's a poll or here's some field work that someone did, but it's hard to know whether that's accurate or not, right? Um, yeah, I would say that in terms of digesting the polling data and the field data, it was pretty standardized. Yeah. Um, the ways the polls were coming in and the ways that uh, Van Bokelder, the, the tool that, that organizers use on the ground, the way that digest data is is fairly standardized. So there wasn't a lot of room for, for data quality issues. Mm-hmm. I would say the data quality issues were more on that unstructured data that we were talking about okay. through the texting and things like that, yeah. um, where, you know, figuring out what's noise and what's not, mm-hmm. right? And figuring out if if it's worth tracking certain 
Twitter data, things like that. Yeah. So what about um, tracking uh, margin of error or uncertainty stuff or uncertainty around the, the some of these polling estimates, especially when it comes to talking to you know the small field office and you know rural Minnesota or whatever it is. When you're when you are training people up on how to use the Tableau server, how to you know do this workflow, are you also training up on yeah, these polls, they look different, but they're really not because of the margin error. Were you, were you working on that as well? Yeah, so I that wasn't under my yeah. purview, but there were definitely people on staff in, in the analytics okay. world that were that were working on that. Okay. Um, yeah, we were we were a pretty large operation by the end of the campaign. We had, right. uh, I think, 80-plus on, on just the analytics team and then 80-plus on the tech team. I'm not sure if those numbers are exactly right, but in that, but in that, in that general yeah. ballpark, yeah. yeah. So, so we, were, we were a pretty big operation. Yeah. Part of why I think Tableau and data visualization was used so much more frequently than it is in other campaigns and committees that we work with is just there were so many staff members and analysts that that you know needed to produce reports on the fly pretty regularly. Mm-hmm. The Tableau server was was kind of the the main source to disseminate this All information. That yeah. So now the election's over, yep. and you are back at the DNC. I'm back in the DNC. So can you talk a little bit about what you're doing uh, here specifically? I, I'm well. I was going to assume what you do, but I'm, I'm going to hold on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, you know, my responsibilities at the DNC are are unlike the campaign, where I was focusing mostly on data visualization. Here, mm-hmm. my I have a broader portfolio, but um, I think I'll I'll touch on the data viz side of okay. of what the DNC does. Yeah. Um, you know, we house the Tableau server that every campaign and committee uh, that we work with has access to. So part of what our responsibility is, is to, you know, make sure all of that is set up properly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people are permission properly and, uh, you know, they have the tools they need to build these reports. And then doing trainings on how to most efficiently pull the data, right? So that's a lot of on this, more on the SQL side. Mm-hmm. And then on the Tableau sides, how, how to build these visual. Mm-hmm. And we are kind of salting shop to these uh, campaigns and, and committees. And there's a suite of reports that we house here that is kind of universal that everybody can use. But then uh, we also go out and work on you know specific issues or meet weekly with, say, the Democratic Governors Association. Mm-hmm. Or um, in this case, they have you know there's more going on there. Uh, also, the DCCC. So you know they build reports. Um, you know, I have a counterpart at DCCC, and, and he works to build reports for these congressional campaigns. Right. Um, so more and more, the the data visualization piece is becoming an integral part of any field program, mm-hmm. um, just to be able to track what's going on on the ground um, and to enable a campaign manager or senior staff to log in and understand both geographically and visually understand what's what's right. going on. And, and specifically when it comes to the data viz, I'm guessing that these dashboards are, are pretty simple yeah. in terms of the yes. graphic makeup. Yes. You're not doing crazy like tile grid yep. maps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There were some definitely crazier maps on the campaign just because we had so many more yeah. people building reports. Right. I remember at one point in Ohio, the data team there built a visualization on where all the pokey stuff. So this is where when Pokemon oh, Go was big yeah. and they were doing voter reg at these Pokemon Go stops. So they built this like, it had like Pikachu popping out the side and there was like all kinds of stuff happening. I remember I remember, I logged in, I was like, whoa. I was like, these guys have to teach me something. Yeah. Um, but yes, no Pokemon in, in, right. in, uh, right. in reports here. Yeah. They're, they're pretty basic and, you know, we're 
a lot of times I am training staff that are using uh, Tableau for the first time. Yeah. So, so we want to keep it pretty simple. Is there a lot of variation in what people want to create or, or because you've created this template of, you know, however many dashboards that people are satisfied with what you've already created? Or do you see people coming in saying, well, I really want to do this other thing. I want this other type of data. I want to build this other thing. So I think that depends on the resources that the campaign has. So generally a congressional race, for example, won't have a dedicated data staffer Mm -hmm. um, on the campaign. Um, Senate and governor's races are usually usually different. Usually they have one staffer there, um, at least one. Yeah. So uh, places where uh, they don't have data staff, they rely more heavily on the DCCC, the Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee, and uh, us at the DNC to be able to build out those visualizations. Right. Whereas you know campaigns that have data staffers will uh, ask us to help them iterate on the kind of baseline visualizations. Right. right. So now looking forward. Yeah. So now it's. Almost mid twenty sixteen yep. already. A year and a half before uh-huh. we all vote again. Yeah. So looking. No, forward, no, that's not true. Lots well, of lots true. of, lots of, lots, of right. lots of elections coming. In, in, <laughs> well, that's in, also in, true. Right, right. In between. Um, so looking forward, um, I don't want to ask. I don't want to talk about you know who's going to win. But yeah, yeah. In terms of like the data and the data biz, both the ecosystem and what you see are going to be the demands from campaigns and also what you're going to supply. What, what do you, do you see big changes? Do you see things happening? Um, do you expect to make big changes either infrastructure wise, either on the back end or the front end? Like what are we looking at? Yeah. So right now we have a Tableau server. Um, I anticipate that we're going to continue to use Tableau as the main source of, of visualization that's housed here at the party. Um, but that could definitely change in the future. But in terms of how I think data visualization yeah. in campaigns is going to change, I see, I see this cycle as one where interactivity was, you know, as I said, senior staffers were logging on to the Tableau yeah. server and, and using, you know, the interactive components of, of our visualizations. And I see that kind of increasing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that there's a benefit for both static and yeah. interactive, but I think having the buy-in I think more and more senior staffers on campaigns are encouraged to go in and kind of dig into the data themselves. So I see that trend uh, increasing over time. I also think that part of what my job here is in the next, you know, before the next big ramp up for for 2018 is to make sure that we have, you know, the data uh, structured in a way, uh, you know, trying to pull together all of the different data sources that we have mm-hmm. so that reporting is even easier and that campaigns can go in and really quickly pull numbers that ordinarily would take them much longer to do. Mm-hmm. And and I think that also enables them to build visualizations more quickly. Right. Um, so I think that, and, and setting up more of these baseline visualizations mm-hmm. that these campaigns can use, I think that's kind of what we're working on now. You know, last cycle was the first cycle where we really leaned on data biz as the main source of, or, and, and in this case, Tableau was the main source of, of reporting. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think it was pretty successful and we want to continue to you know, make sure we have the resources in place to do that. In right. The future. Right. Um, interesting. I want to, I want to close by asking you if you have any, you already told us the Pokemon story. Yeah. Do you have any other fun data, data biz related, uh, 
stories from the trenches. I can say that we had we had a report on election night that tracked what was happening in different states, and it was in Tableau and, and all the principals, so Hillary herself and Tim Kaine and Bill and then a number of, of folks uh, in that circle had iPads with these Tableau reports on them, mm-hmm. and you know we had the reports ourselves as well, and at one point. They were very red, and I can only I can only imagine what what things were like on on their end as they were looking at that. Um, so sometimes I think about that report. I have some PTSD about that about that election night report. Yeah, I bet. I bet. Um, well, very good, Shomik. Thanks. Uh, thanks for all for coming on the show. It's, yeah, thank uh, you for thank you for having me. Yeah, um, and thanks to everyone for tuning into this week's episode. Uh, if you have any comments or questions, please let me know on the website or on Twitter. So until next time, this has been the Policy Biz Podcast. Thanks so much for listening.